Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 6th. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is our one of two and the goal always to use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers as the supreme law of our land. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. We have got an incredible show today. Uh, we've got myself and Dr. Scott Bradley always together on Mondays and Fridays. But this time we've got Sheriff Richard Mack in the mix. He's with us quite frequently, usually on Tuesdays, though. But because of the special broadcast, he's with us today as well. And he will introduce our surprise award-winning guest as well, Sheriff Mack. Well, good morning, Sam, and good morning, everybody. And thanks for having me this beautiful Monday morning. You got it. We're looking forward to it. We've got, uh, man, there's so many things in the news to discuss, but this one I think kind of trumps them all. And Trump's not even involved, Sheriff Mack. <laughs> yeah, for once. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, do you want me, do you want me yes, to go please. ahead and do the honor? Well, I uh, was looking in the news and uh, had several emails from other people about uh, this news from uh, – a, a, a small town sheriff in Wisconsin. And uh, we've actually talked before in the past and, and uh, I called him and uh, he reminded me that we had talked to because his election was an amazing thing. And we'll have him explain that too. But basically uh, he's just uh, standing up to the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms and uh, telling them that he is not going to go along or enforce these new rules that they're making as if they can pass legislation anytime they want uh, as a bureaucratic nightmare from Washington, D.C. They have no legislative authority, and uh, that's the problem with Washington, D.C. these days. And Sheriff Brent Watt from Polk County, and I believe that's right on the – Minnesota border, uh, so he's on the east, uh, west side of uh, of Wisconsin, and uh, I'm sure he's a big uh, Green Bay Packers fan. But regardless of that, I'm a fan of his, and I, and I just want everybody to understand this. This is another sheriff in America, uh, and there's uh, plenty more than just him. But this is a very unique one because he's actually telling the federal government. There's just a few things you're not going to do in my county, and I'm not going to go along with you trying to do it. And so uh, I want to introduce to everybody in America uh, a a true uh, sheriff doing his job, trying to keep his oath of office, and and standing uh, for the people uh, and the constituents that put him into office. And Sheriff Walk, welcome to the Liberty Roundtable. Well, thank you. And I can't really say it's a beautiful day in northern Wisconsin right now because we're supposed to get some freezing rain and snow today. Oh, well, uh, I was 
I was looking outside when I said that, and Arizona is sunny and uh, going to be 68 today. And for me in Utah, it's freezing cold as well. Dr. Bradley, what's the low today or this morning? It's freezing cold here. Well, we're in a banana belt right now. I mean, we're getting into the 20s. Uh, let me see what it is right this second. But um, it's, yeah, it's in the 20s now. I've got snow going on. But uh, honestly, this has warmed up considerably from what we've been talking about lately. So, you know, yeah, there was extreme cold when the weather balloon blasted through. For some reason, I wonder if there's a correlation. Nevertheless, that <laughs> supposed Chinese communist weather balloon uh, blasted through, and so did the freezing cold when it left and got shot down. The cold changed, too. I find that an interesting correlation. Don't know if there's any facts, but I find that uh, fascinating. Uh, so, Sheriff Walk, your county's got about 45,000 people in it, right? Right, yes. We are situated on the western border of Wisconsin, and I'm only about 30 miles, 40 miles from Minneapolis, so we're a, we're a really nice tourist vacation-type county. We've blessed with a lot of lakes, and we've got the National Scenic River that is our border. So um, we, I'm really blessed to, to live in what I call God's country up here. Is this where you grew up? Um, I grew up close to here, about an hour away. But uh, this is where I started my law enforcement career, and uh, it's been an absolute fabulous ride. All right, give us a 30-second on who you are as a person and how you got into law enforcement. Well, I I went to college at UW-Stevens Point, and I, I always wanted to pursue natural resource law enforcement. And unfortunately, when I got out, there were no jobs in that area, the DNR-type jobs. Uh, it just was in a difficult budgetary time, and they weren't hiring. So I landed on my feet here at Polk County Sheriff's Office and started working and never looked back. It just uh, absolute... Uh, the life of a deputy sheriff is is special, uh, different than, you know, I worked at a small police department for a while, too, and I just, there's nothing like being a deputy sheriff. Uh, and how long uh, has been your uh, law enforcement career, and then how long have you been sheriff now? I've got about 28 years in, and I was elected to sheriff four years ago, and now I'm just starting now my second term. So I'm uh, I'm 51 years old. This next term will take me to 55, and I guess I'm approaching that age where retirement might be on the table. So we'll see. No guarantee. As, as we can, as long as we can get another constitutional sheriff in your wake, we're for it, sir. Certainly, certainly. All right. Now tell, <laughs> well, us, question, tell us how this tell us how this came to a head. Let's let's kind of just jump right to it. How did this kind of materialize and come to a head where you started to get headlines, sheriff? Well, wait, wait a minute. I'm wondering about his background. Uh, Sheriff, in your most recent election, that's the one where you won by one vote. Is that correct? No, actually, I, I was unopposed on my last election. And I kind of joke with people and say it's because nobody wants the jobs anymore. But um, I, I have a pretty strong strong base here in Polk County, and I've, I've really been a voice for our citizens through COVID. And, and like I say, I was blessed to have a an unopposed race, which is, is much easier on the pocketbook and, and your time as well. I could focus on the job, continuing to do the job. So I had a pretty easy easy race this last year. Well, when was the one where it was really close? Uh, four years ago, I, I had a primary because, again, we're pretty, pretty much a staunch Republican county here. So um, it was me and another Republican running, and I, I, I won by about 200 votes. It was pretty close. But, again, in our primaries, we don't see a big voter turnout. You know, it's an August election. Most people don't think of going to vote in August. So I think there was only a few thousand votes cast uh, for that primary election. Oh, okay. And then you didn't have any competition after that? 
right. Okay, good. All right, well then, uh, yeah, Sam, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah, let's jump right in, though. How did this come to a head for you, sir? Well, I'm a passionate Second Amendment guy. I, I collect guns. I go to gun shops throughout our county. We have several. I, I attend gun shows, and I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in, in firearms. And I learned that the ATF was going to restrict these pistol braces. And when I say restrict, that's pretty uh, light language. I mean, they're actually going to make you a felon if you don't comply with their new rule change. And, you know, I know a lot of people have these. This is not some obscure device. For over 10 years, they allowed us to buy these. In fact, the early ones came with a letter from the ATF giving their blessing for you to do, do this and have this firearm. And some of the manufacturers sold them from the factory with this device on them. And now with the strike of a, a pen with some bureaucrat in Washington, um, there's the potential to label a lot of people felons. And that, that is a massive government overreach. And now, I just felt... Let's be clear for a second. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to be clear so people know what these pistol braces are. And kind of explain what they are because a lot of people think, oh, man, they're just, hey, it's going to turn your pistol into a machine gun like a whatever or it's this or that. Help people understand. We're not talking about that at all, right? Right. It, it, what it allowed you is to take a take, take the AR-15, for example, a 10-inch barrel AR-15. You could put this rubberized molded stock piece on. It resembled a stock, but it was made to be a stabilizing arm brace so that it allowed people with disabilities to fire the gun easier. And there was this controversy because people started shouldering the weapons. And again, that was reviewed and said, well, that doesn't change what the design is and what the intent is on how you hold the gun. So it, it made it through that legal test. And like I say, for over 10 years, people have been able to either buy this as an accessory or buy the gun complete with it already attached. The point is, we're talking about a simple rubber piece added uh, to a firearm. Uh, whether it changes the nature of the firearm to be uh, usable by somebody with a disability, whether somebody can use it at their shoulder, those things are irrelevant downstream discussions from the right to keep and bear arms, and then sh- that shall not be infringed, whether I have a rubber piece on it or not, Sheriff. Right. And, and with, the, with the rule proposal to have to register it as a short barrel rifle, well, that, that puts that gun into a whole different category and a whole new set of restrictions where, as a border county, I can't have that thing in my car and cross the river to go put gas in my car or I've now transported an, an NSA weapon across state lines, and that's prohibited. So um, it really does restrict what the intent of the weapon was designed for. And it also, like in our state, a pistol can be loaded in your vehicle for, for defense purposes, but a rifle cannot be. A rifle has to be unloaded. So if I have to register this as a short-billed rifle, now I can't have it in my vehicle loaded. It has to be unloaded. So it really does change the the intent, what people bought these for, and what they've enjoyed for 10-plus years utilizing these guns as. Sheriff Mack, I claim they're just playing games here. Whether I have a rifle or a pistol, the supreme law of our land doesn't make it the distinction at all of what I can have loaded in my car, does it, Sheriff Mack? No, uh, federal agencies, especially a bureaucracy of this nature, which, and I'm going to tell the truth here, I really don't know how Chef Walk feels about this, but I, I have a suspicion uh, he'd be in line with this. But uh, the Second Amendment means what it says, and the Second Amendment shall not be infringed, does not say, and the federal government shall establish a bureaucracy to oversee gun ownership by every single person in this country or to uh, oversee and monitor every single SSL 
federal firearm licensee and gun shop in this country. And it, because of their uh, over overreach regarding uh, their the existence of this bureaucracy, uh, they get very technical and they get very officious and they just uh, go out of control uh, a lot on the overreach. And this is what happens. They start making criminals out of law-abiding citizens. And uh, the the startling thing about this is this, the, the bulk of the people who use this device uh, are veterans or people who have uh, some sort of disability, especially veterans who have risk their lives for our country, and then we bring them home and say, but if you get this device to help you uh, be able to shoot a gun better and and uh, easier, uh, then we'll make you a felon. And uh, that's about what's going on here. Um, isn't that about what's going on, uh, Sheriff Walk? A- absolutely. You have a federal agency that told us for 10 years we could have this, and now 10 years later they say, oh, we changed our mind, and now you'll be a felon if you don't dispose of it, change it, alter it, or register it. And ethically in law enforcement, I, I almost view that as a form of entrapment. You've told people they could have this. You waited till there's now 40 million people, they estimate. Uh, and now, hey, we got you. You're a felon in 120 days if you don't do what we tell you. Excellent point. Excellent point. And this is why I don't, I don't believe the, the BATF has any lawful authority to, to exist. And this is the kind of thing they do. And so it's just another another federal agency that has proved themselves to be uh, anti-American, anti-Second Amendment, and out of control. Dr. Scott Bradley is our constitutional expert on your radio. Sheriff Walk is basically talking about, hey, this is kind of an entrapment scenario that they've created here at the general level. Do you want to respond to that, Dr. Bradley? Well, there are so many rabbit holes we could take this down right now, and I don't want to Uh, diverge from anything we've got an intelligent articulate guy that's in the office right now and uh, I think that he uh, he's framed the argument very well I would perhaps add a a few dozen other things if we had time and energy I mean the the uh, ability to legislate at all is limited to the legislature that cannot be redelegated to anybody they say oh it's a rule or it's a policy no if it looks like a law, acts like a law, is enforced like a law, quacks like a dog, whatever, it's it's a law that was created unconstitutionally by an alphabet soup organization that does not have a constitutional authority to exist. And uh, there's there's issues of ex post facto things that out of Article One, Section Nine. Here's here's something that was legal yesterday and now it's illegal, and you've got to take kind of a draconian approach to this thing. You either toss it out in the garbage or you have to go through all their hoops and pay their money and live by the their new way to hold your mouth if you're going to operate with this thing. I mean, it is just absurd. I think, well, here's another one that we ought to play. <clears throat> I don't know if anybody wants to go down this rabbit hole. I personally almost feel this is a grand opportunity. It seems to me like it's time for the 1934 National Firearms Act to be declared unconstitutional. And we could go through the history of why people think it was constitutional by a really fallacious ruling that happened in the Miller case. And uh, if you read that carefully, you'll find that uh, there's a whole bunch of assumptions that are drawn from that that aren't, aren't warranted. So I think, honestly, this should be pursued that way and, and uh, result in the 
declaration that the National Firearms Act has always been unconstitutional, and let's get rid of the whole blasted thing. One other little quick thing, and then I'll shut up for a while. You know me, Sam. I've always got a talkative streak in me, but the fact of the matter is... Uh, Sheriff Sheriff Walk, I want to go to this real quick and and, and talk about the points made here. It is de facto. uh, It is causing uh, problems for we, the people. There is no jurisdictional authority whatsoever. So I'm grateful for your leadership and your stand. You're basically saying, hey, you know what? Go pan sand. We're not doing this. Uh, Are you uh, supported by a bunch of other sheriffs in your state? Well, this is pretty newly developing, so I have not talked to many of the sheriffs yet. But, you know, um, I I had this unique opportunity when I penned this letter to the director of the ATF that my U.S. Congress representative was in my county at a listening session. So I was able to give him the letter, read it to the crowd, and then I asked him to hand deliver my letter to the director of the ATF. So um, that's how this kind of got started for me. And I wrote a I wrote a letter telling the ATF we we won't stand for this we won't enforce this. And it's overreach. I'm just for the I'm for the abolition of the ATF entirely though. There's no constitutional authority whatsoever for that uh, organization to exist. Is there? Well, this is frustrating. And like my uh, Congressperson Tom Tiffany, who's by the way a great American congressman, who also I I was able to travel to the Arizona border last year and see firsthand the debacle down there, and that's getting off topic, I realize that. But anyway, um, what an opportunity for me, though, to make sure my letter gets taken to Washington. Because my fear was if I dropped it in the mail, you know, it's like anything, the the director's probably not even going to see it. So to have a Congress official deliver this, um, I'm really excited about. And I have yet to hear back from the ATF on this. Um, And it's clearly unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional on so many avenues. We could go down, like they say, the rabbit holes. There's there's too much regulatory authority for this one entity to have. There's no checks and balances. There is not any legislative process. You you know, also, I'll go ahead, Dr. Bradley, then Sheriff Mack. Okay, I I was going to throw the ball to Sheriff Mack here in just a second. 26 years ago, 1997, Mack sued... Uh, Bill Clinton and the U.S. government, and and uh, there was a, a magnificent decision made, and it didn't just have to do with you doing background checks, uh, Mac. I uh, this thing is a much broader perspective. The uh, uh, Supreme Court was wise in its decision in saying, no, you use guys at the general level of the government, the national government, federal government, however people want to discuss it. You don't have any authority to direct the activities of a local authority, in this case a sheriff. So you can't come in and commandeer their whole operation and say, okay, you guys, you're coming out to uh, uh, help enforce some inane thing. In this particular case, it was a uh, it, it was the uh, background check for being able to purchase a firearm. And that has implications and ramifications all across the board. They cannot come in and just willy-nilly say, okay, now we're using you guys as our enforcement arm. And I, I really, I mean, that's what I, I wanted to kind of throw this to Mac because that is, a, that is a groundbreaking, monumental decision that I do not think that most people recognize how widespread that could be used to help make sure the feds don't uh, jump on our case every time they turn around and want to use uh, local authorities to, that everybody's got to go Mother May I to before you do anything. So, Mac, I don't know, maybe that's way off track where you wanted it to be. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's, it's right on track. You're right on track, and I totally agree with you. Uh, it looks like we're all in agreement that the 
federal government has no authority to do this. Uh, it, and it kind of goes back to Michael Peruca's quote of, uh, from Thomas uh, Paine, uh, a, a long habit of not thinking a thing to be wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right. And that's exactly what's happened with these bureaucracies that are now out of control, uh, answer to no one, uh, no oversight, no, no checks and balances. They can do whatever they want. Uh, I haven't heard one person in Washington, D.C. telling the VATF, you can't do this. But, but to be quite honest, uh, uh, Dr. Bradley, you just brought it up. Um, the Constitution doesn't allow for this kind of regulating uh, authority to be even a existence. The states might have the, uh, some regulatory authority over this, maybe, maybe not, because they can't violate the Second Amendment either. But for the federal government to have this authority, there's no place in the Constitution that allows this. Um, and I just read Article 1, Section 9. I have it in my hand here that you were mentioning, uh, Dr. Bradley. And it says, no bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed. Well, this is a, a bureaucracy now making and violating the ex post facto laws. You can't uh, have something that was legal yesterday and making it legal uh, and legal yesterday and then making it illegal today and then arrested me for it. And that's really where they're going here. And because of the corruption of Washington, D.C., when they because many of them do not follow the Constitution, nor do they care about the ex post facto law prohibition in Article 1, Section 8, or right. Section 9, sorry. Yeah, Section 9. So well, here we are again with the federal government violating the law, and we're supposed to just go along. Well, One thing I would like to Before we get there, Sheriff Mac beat Bill Clinton real quick, uh, as everybody knows. Yeah. But this really relates to the same issue. What we need is real hero sheriffs standing up like Mac did years ago and is continuing to do now. And like Sheriff Walk is doing, the county sheriff America's last hope comes to mind. Uh, sheriff Walk. Yes, and we're seeing it down in Illinois. You know, Illinois just passed some state-level assault weapons ban, and the sheriff said, well, not in my county. And, and they, I think there's 80-some sheriffs in Illinois that have stood up to that. So um, that's the duty of the sheriff. I don't think people realize that. You know, I, I put in my letter that I view myself as a guardian of my citizens' constitutional rights, and that's really how I think we have to view our law enforcement. We are guardians. Well, I'd like you to read some of that letter or all of it after the break. How about that? How long is it? All of it. It's not that long, is it? No, it's fairly short. I wanted to keep it short and sweet so the director actually would – would read it and not get bored with it. So, <laughs> and can you read? Can you read? Just the yeah. question. Yeah, that, that's a good question. The BATF letter. But look, I mean, the Second what, Amendment's really short too. Did you ever read that? I mean, come on. No. Go ahead, <laughs> Sam. I'm point. sorry. Yeah. So right before the pause, I just want to kind of set this up. We're going to come back. We're going to have Sheriff Walk read the letter. Uh, but I, I want to say this though. It isn't really about, say, a bump stock, uh, or about these pistol braces. Or about, yes, those are uh, discussion points because that's where they're piecemeal trying to destroy our God-given inalienable rights of self-defense codified in the Constitution. Uh, but, Sheriff Walk, it isn't really about those things. It's about the general right to keep and bear arms that we're really discussing, right? Absolutely. This is just a, this is a, a gun grab in disguise. 
and they tried with the Brady Bill because, by golly, some people got shot, and now they're in wheelchairs, and they made a big old photo op about it back in the day uh, when they tried gun grabs. They tried to you know rename guns to assault weapons. Well, in the hands of a good, honest American, it's not an assault weapon. It's a, it's a stop-the-criminal weapon. So rather than call them assault weapons, I call them rape-me-nots and kill-me-nots and rob-me-nots and those kind of things to kind of highlight the point that it depends on who's using the gun. And in the vast majority of good, honest American citizens, it's a God-given right that government acknowledges. The government doesn't grant that right, neither can they take it away. Quick pause, incredible show with Sheriff Walk, Mac, the good Dr. Scott Bradley, and yours truly on Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. At least 1,800 people are dead following a powerful earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Turkey's Disaster and Emergency Management Agency says the death toll in that country has now surpassed 1,000. Meantime, help is being pledged by dozens of nations, including the United States, Czech Republic, the Netherlands, and Germany. Nor Kormash, last hour on the Turkish news channel in Abid, Syria. Uh, right now, the, the earthquake is still uh, uh, ongoing. Another earthquake right now uh, uh, is uh, currently striking the areas while I'm talking right now. Uh, the, the crisis is still ongoing. The uh, people here literally have nowhere to go. The reason authorities in Ohio are telling people to leave their homes within one mile of a train derailment on Friday is because the fire continues and there's a chance of a massive explosion. The train derailment in East Palestine is worsening, so says East Palestine Fire Chief Keith Drobik. We are at a risk now of a catastrophic failure of that container. Uh, Measures are being taken to try and control that and prevent that from happening. President Biden's State of the Union address is tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. History was made last night for Beyonce. The hits are endless. And so are the Grammys. With her victory in the Best Dance Electronic Album category on Sunday, Beyonce became the most decorated Grammy winner in history. I'd like to thank my parents, my father, my mother, for loving me. And pushing me. Beyonce's 33rd trophy broke the record of composer George Salty. I'm Jerry Barmash. This is USA News. Nachos! Yeah, you nachos! Hey, I'll take some. Great. And some Frank's Red Hot. Oh, nah, I'm good. Oh, you're just going to eat these dry, plain, boring nachos with no frets. Uh... Oh, seriously? Frank it up. Frank it up. Come on, lady. Frank it up. Frank it up. It's the perfect blend of flavor and heat. Frank's Red Hot. I put that sh- on everything. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash DNC. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, you're starting to speak another language. Babbel's lessons are voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no better way than... Babbel. Text RADIO to 64,000 to try Babbel for free. Text RADIO to 64,000. 
Okay, so we're back. And in case you're just joining us uh, after the break at the bottom of the hour, I'm Scott Bradley, and uh, Sam Bushman's the voice you normally hear at this time. Sam's with us, too. And, of course, there's Sheriff Mack, uh, the uh, guy that uh, beat the U.S. government when uh, they tried to tell the U.S. sheriffs, well, the, the county sheriffs, that they were now an arm of the federal government to impose the will of the federal government upon their local constituents. And he beat them in 1997 with a, a landmark case that uh, I think has a broad spectrum of application. At some point, we ought to do a bigger show on that, perhaps. But we've also got Sheriff Walk out of Wisconsin on the show with us today. And he has basically told the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives to take a long walk on a short pier uh, if they think he's going to be out enforcing their latest uh, pistol brace uh, law that they've created out of thin air without any constitutional authority. And before the break, Sheriff Walk agreed to read his brief letter to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to uh, inform them that they were not to look to him for any enforcement power. So, Sheriff Walk, perhaps we can kind of toss it over to you and, and give you a chance to read that letter, and then maybe we can discuss that for a few minutes. Okay, yes, thank you. And I had to look up who the director was because I don't pay much attention to the ATF typically. So it says, Stephen Dettelbach is the director. So it says, Dear Director Dettelbach, as the elected sheriff of Polk County, Wisconsin, and the guardian of my citizens' constitutional rights, I'm writing this letter to inform you that the recent rule change pertaining to pistol braces is a government overreach. This is unconstitutional to allow my citizens for over 10 years to purchase this type of firearm and then with the strike of your bureaucratic pen potentially make my citizens felons. Polk County is a Second Amendment sanctuary as of May of 2020. I will not allow your tyrannical government agents to victimize my citizens. I stand ready to defend the rights of honest, law-abiding residents here in Polk County. I will take no enforcement action on this rule change or allow any federal agent to take action against my citizens. I strongly recommend you cancel this recent rule change as this is a clear violation of the Constitution. You are violating your oath of office and now we the people lose all trust and faith in your ability to do your job. Sincerely, Brent Walk. You know, that's uh, succinct. It's to the point. It's unequivocal. I mean, uh, you know, and I, we were kind of joking a little before that maybe these guys have never read uh, the Second Amendment, certainly not the Constitution, but that letter uh, should be clearly understood. It's interesting to me, this Dellenbach guy, I think he was the backup guy that Biden tried and did end up getting confirmed uh, into the office. First guy got bounced, if I recall correctly, but sounds to me like he was a bad choice, too, and uh, maybe... Sometimes the check and balance of a legislative body saying, we ain't going to confirm people that are turkeys into jobs. Now, that doesn't apply just to the BATF. It applies all across the board. But anyway, uh, Mac, I, uh, can, do you understand that letter? I assume you do. <laughs> I do, and it's wonderful. That was fantastic, uh, Sheriff Walk. Uh, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. That was That is amazing. And I wait. I got to get away from my wife here. You sure <laughs> Not you that want I need to? to get away. From her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. She uh, 
she was getting some ice and it was making some noise. But I, I really appreciate the letter. It was perfect, uh, powerful, uh, passionate, uh, and it stated a truth that still some sheriffs in this country don't understand, and it's the same one that we've been trying to get them to understand for the last 20 years, and that is the sheriffs are the guardian of the rights for the people they work for. And and uh, if the American people do not have that protection, they have no place else to turn when government becomes venile, oppressive, and abusive. And it, that seems to be the trend of our federal government uh, for the last, uh, especially the last 10, 15 years, uh, and during the last 60, 70 years, uh, absolutely uh, something that they, they believe they don't have to follow the Constitution, or as you alluded to, uh, Dr. Bradley, uh, they don't have to read it uh, because they have an agenda, and the agenda is uh, uh, a, a, they're Democrat uh, or Republican, uh, and Republicans are trying to be like Democrats all the time. Uh, it, it's their uh, political dogma and their, their political uh, agenda. And the Constitution sometimes just gets in the way, and they don't give a damn. They just go right over it, and uh, we now have uh, a sheriff taking a stand that every sheriff in this country should be doing. And you know, Sheriff Mack, this is really quick, Dr. Bradley. This is okay. interesting why I say that the county sheriff, America's Last Hope, needs to be hammered. Not only is it a book, not only did it come from Sheriff Mack, who did stand up and stop the government from gun control back in the 90s and has been doing so ever since. Not only is Sheriff Watt doing the same thing today, but see, Sheriff, uh, Dr. Bradley, you and I can rally around hero sheriffs like this and give them the support. Their power comes from when they get sworn in, their oath of office. I'm sorry, their authority comes from their oath of office. When they get sworn in, they get the authority bestowed upon them from the consent of the governed delegated authority from we the people but their power comes from we backing the sheriffs uh, dr bradley well you know and, and a couple of quick things and again i uh, don't want to disturb everybody's thought processes but you mentioned the guardians of the constituents in their in their uh, counties you know the in popular culture and the movies and all that kind of kids will identify with this the guardians of the galaxy and it's kind of a hey that's a pretty cool title to go out there and and uh, stand in the gap, if you will, to prevent uh, the overlord or whoever from from taking power. And and and, and really, uh, the, the overlord, sadly, is is getting too big for their britches, and they're trying to take power where there's no power delegated. As you point out, the the consent of the of the governed out of the Declaration of Independence that is essential to be able to govern. Well, that consent of the governed happened when we ratified, you know, the nation ratified the United States Constitution. The governed said, we will be bound by laws created within these limits and bounds, created by these individuals that take an oath to uphold their uh, responsibility to keep their actions within those bounds, and thereby our rights will be protected. Well, we need guardians because, um, well, as Lord Acton said, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And Daniel Defoe said, these back in, you know, hundreds of years ago, he said all men would be tyrants if they could. There's got to be checks and balances. And the strength 
of the county sheriff, just focusing on that for a moment, we've got multiple layers of protection, of safety, of pushback, if you will. It's got to be some acrimony in this thing. I mean, we can't all be, you know, kumbaya, go along with, to get along. The people need to have guardians that push back on this, and the legislature should, ha should be pushing back, saying, no, this alphabet soup organization cannot create law. Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution says, no, all authority is given to us. The president can't create law with executive order. A branch or, or department under him cannot. It's clearly stated. And there's the got Supreme to be pushback. The Supreme Law stands tall, ladies and gentlemen. So, Sheriff Walk, I've got four words to say to you and then a question. Four words. God bless you, Sheriff. Thank you so much for standing up uh, tall for the people, for your oath, uh, for all things liberty against bureaucratical tyrants uh, that want to deceive the people into believing that somehow we'll be safer uh, or that somehow they have this authority. Uh, I appreciate you standing up. Uh, the, so the, that's the, the statement. The question is, uh, what's the next step, sir? What do we do now to, to make sure that your letter uh, does not go unheeded or ignored? Well, I really hope that a lot of the gun groups around the nation are lining up to sue the ATF because this is, you know, I, I, I like the points you guys have made about um, your oath of office. And, and if I decided today to throw out the Fourth Amendment and just start randomly searching homes, I, I would be held accountable for that. I would be taken to court. I, would be, I could possibly be in prison for that. That's misconduct in public office. How these people in Washington can disregard our constitutional rights openly, blatantly, and not even get held accountable. So I, I hope our courts, you know, that's the beauty of our system. The Founding Fathers had it right, and there are these checks and balances. So I hope, and I know some groups have already filed suit against the ATF, so I really expect and I hope that we get a stay on this and that we, we can immediately um, see that this is going to go away. Sheriff Mack? Well, I, I uh, totally agree with what he said. Uh, I do know that uh, the case that we've mentioned on the show before, Sam, and the one that uh, Sheriff Watt just mentioned going on with about 85 Illinois sheriffs, uh, we will actually be there on March 4th, uh, Sheriff Walk, and we want to invite you to come over to that. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a little training seminar and, and proving to all the uh, Illinois sheriffs that what they're doing is absolutely documented um, uh, responsibilities that they have as sheriffs. Uh, we don't just come there and give our opinions. Uh, certainly I have a lot of them, uh, but it's not my opinion. This is documented uh, in the case that Sam and Dr. Bradley have been mentioning, the one I started back in 1994 and one at the U.S. Supreme Court in 1997. Uh, we document it with that. We document it with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution itself, and especially the Bill of Rights. And it's very foundational. It's very fundamental. And that's all and, we're talking about And can I interrupt here. a second, though, because I want you to refer to this as well, Sheriff Mack. Not only does your case stand tall as the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered, and it was rendered in modern times, but your case also points to other cases making the same point about, look, they can't demand the sheriff or any other uh, local official, state official, uh, out of the general government jurisdiction officials, they can't mandate they do anything. 
whether they provide money or not. They don't have any authority in those jurisdictions. And your court case doubles down on that, but also highlights other cases that have made that point as well. Sheriff Mack. Well, and I wanted to remind everybody um, that there's five law enforcement authorities granted to the federal government. Five. Five law enforcement uh, rules or laws. Five law enforcement laws. Call them delegated authorities. Correct. They were delegated, as described in the Tenth Amendment, delegated to the federal government. Uh monitoring gun ownership is not one of them uh, okay and dr uh, dr <laughs> sheriff watt just described that he had been down to the border the uh, security at the border is a federal assignment they are supposed to protect our borders from invasion that is the law delegated to them if they don't do it then of course the sheriffs and states uh, must take it back and take action because the federal government uh, will not do it. And and uh, Obama and Biden have proven that they want those people here. And they do not care about the other crimes happening with fentanyl and drugs and human trafficking and sexual exploitation of children. They have not addressed that one iota. This administration has not addressed it one iota. So, of course, that leaves it to us to do it. But let's go over those five. One law that they have is treason. The federal government is supposed to enforce treason. Second one, counterfeiting. Third, felonies committed on the high seas or piracies. And then laws against nations where we might have a treaty with Canada or Australia or Mexico. If a citizen violates those treaties, that is a federal offense. The last one, of course, as I said, they are supposed to be securing our borders from invasion. And so those are it. After that, they have no law enforcement jurisdiction. And and again, we have to remember Thomas Paine's warning, a long habit of not thinking a thing to be wrong does not make it right. And that's really the problem with this because federal government has been out of control for so long, we've just accepted it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Department of Education, yeah, of course that's yours, even though the Constitution doesn't allow it. And 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 the ATF is another one. There is no author authorization, constitutionally or otherwise, for this agency to even exist. And and I know a lot of people don't like hearing the truth about that, because they go, well, where would we be? What would we do if we didn't have some of these federal agencies? Well, <laughs> look at look at what it's gotten us by them stealing and usurping these authorities. Sheriff Walk, I want to make sure that, that we're uh, on the same page. I also want to give you the, the freedom uh, and make sure that I call this out. You know, we've made a lot of statements on the radio here today. And if you disagree with any of them or anything like that, I want you to be able to speak out and say so. This isn't we control the show. This is you say what you like and the American people learn and think and, and get educated and hear from all of us and make up their own opinions. This is America. So I want to give you the chance, though. We don't mean to put any words in your mouth or make it seem like you agree with something that you don't. Uh, feel free to speak up, sir. No, and I just I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show today and to talk about this. And this kind of overreach should scare everybody. I don't care if you're for or against guns. This is, this is pure government overreach, and it has to be dealt with. Very good. Sam and uh, well, yes, all sir. Of you, just just you know, 
uh, there's so many, like I say, strings to pull on on these things. And, and without uh, being preemptive, I hope, um, people need to understand this is an exclusive issue. Anything that was not delegated is not there. It's not like the Roosevelt's used to say, well, if I'm not particularly and specifically precluded from doing this or that or the other, I can do it. No, you look at the Tenth Amendment, it says if we didn't delegate authority, you don't have authority. It's absolute. There is no scooch room in there. And and uh, as uh, Mac was uh, talking, you know, about some of these delegated authorities, well, they're, they're exclusive. There's nothing in there about this. And in fact, the uh, uh, preamble to the Bill of Rights is they're further declaratory and restrictive clauses. They're restrictive. They're not expanding anything at all. And Sam, we've used this on your program before, but uh, the constitutional, uh, I think I consider it to be the preeminent constitutional authority of the founding era was uh, St. George Tucker. And, and here's what he said about this ability of the jurisdiction and, and where crimes are found. And, and, and if, if there is to be a crime found, it certainly is not within the general government's pur purview to do it. He said, uh, talking to, about these uh, felonies not enumerated within the Constitution, he said, the very guarded manner in which Congress are vested with authority to legislate upon subject of crimes and misdemeanors. Okay, now a side trip here. If the Congress can't legislate on them, we can't have another bureaucracy create law in those areas either going on. They are not entrusted with the general power over these subjects, but a few offenses are selected from the great mass of crimes with which society may be infested, upon which only Congress are authorized to prescribe the punishment or define the offense. All felonies and offenses committed upon land and in all cases, not expressly enumerated, being reserved to the states respectively. People, there is no authority whatsoever delegated in the United States Constitution to invoke any things, including the 1934 Federal uh, Firearms Act, which, um, again, uh, my hope is that somebody, well, maybe they're not going to take this case, but somewhere along the line, somebody's going to say, stand by, men, women, children. This is not an authority we're going to go to the mat on this thing. We're going to get that thing declared unconstitutional and put them out of business altogether for this egregious violation of the Second Amendment. So I mean, I'm, I'm do, a broad brush Walk, guy. Without a doubt. So the question for you, Sheriff Walk, is what do we do, though, when they keep just infringing, 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 and every time they take a slice, yes, we fight back. Richard Mack won at the Supreme Court, but they just keep moving forward, uh, keep trying to violate our rights at some point, and... and Look, I start out every program saying we peacefully want to restore the republic. We don't want revolution. We want restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. So I'm not uh, advocating for any violence or anything else. But at some point, when these criminals swear an oath to office, but yet they continue to whittle away at everything we hold dear, they try to take authority into themselves they don't have. How do we push back harder to stop this, uh, Sheriff Walk and then Sheriff Mack? Well, I think that's the million-dollar question, and, you know, this is, you know, I, I always say I'm a small-town sheriff, small county, which most sheriffs are, by the way. Most sheriffs are rural, small communities. Um, it, it is the big picture, and it is hard to grasp how we change this. And, you know, I personally think it, it, it should be, you know, right now every, every politician should be stomping up and down in Washington to get this stopped. And I think that's how it has to start. And I, I can't imagine how they ignore the courts. As law enforcement, 
Everyday court decisions impact how we do our jobs. We have to follow that. We get legal updates. How these bureaucrats are ignoring case law and ignoring the rules and getting away with it. I would hope there's congressional oversight on this. I would hope there'd even be criminal charges come out of something like this. Sure, Mac. Uh, man, it sounds like uh, <laughs> we've got the true blue deal here with uh, Sheriff Walk. Uh, really appreciate everything you've done and said um, uh, about this. Uh, it, it is something that has to happen. If we don't stand and and recognize the problems in Washington D.C. and point out the overreach and, as you just alluded to, Sheriff Walk, the criminality. There has to be criminal penalties against some, uh, some of this overreach and, and what some people call treason. When you uh, intentionally try to destroy uh, a, uh, an amendment guaranteed to the people of this country, we the people, guaranteed, and then you try to make criminals out of law-abiding citizens, that's, that, to me, that's treason. You're, you're violating the Constitution. You're violating your oath of office. And you're violating the very principles upon which America was founded. Uh, I think that can rise to the level of treason. But at the same time, regardless whether it's treason or any other criminality, the federal bureaucrats and federal uh, uh, cabinet members need to be held accountable. And, and the guy that you mentioned earlier, I didn't remember his name, uh, Sheriff Walk, but uh, he is a, a gun grabber. He's anti-Second Amendment. He's anti-Constitution. And uh, I'm sure that this came from him. Uh, so we hope that Second Amendment Foundation, I know they're filing a, a lawsuit in Illinois. We hope they also do that one uh, here. I will be contacting Gun Owners of America and see if, if they will. And I also call Alan Gottlieb of the Second Amendment Foundation and see if they will. And uh, the one I mentioned to you, Sheriff Walk, uh, the Wisconsin Gun Owners Association, I'm going to uh, check with them, too. Great. It, it seems to so, me that uh, the founding era, the, these things were clearly understood. If you look at the 51st Federalist Paper, Madison articulately stated the position that there needs to be pushback. There's a constitutional means and motives that should be there to push back on this. The defense we have as these ambitions need to be checked with with these uh, other ambitions. The, the legislative should say, our ambitions are in counter to this. We're going to push back on you. This it has to do not with uh, the parties. Uh, Mac kind of alluded to this earlier. The parties have taken precedence over everything. If Democrats are in power and their Democrat leader is, is getting their way, suddenly it's okay. Or if the Republicans, it's the same way. No. This is not a party issue. This is an issue of principles-based liberty and proper government. And, and so everybody's got to push back in the right way. Let's hope they get the maximum pushback to bring this to a close. It's just got to happen and on this and a lot of other subjects. And that is what the CSPOA is so known for, ladies and gentlemen. The sheriff, like I said, gets his authority with his oath of office. We the people delegate authority to him, and when he swears his oath and is, and is sworn in, that's where his authority comes from. His power comes from good, honest sheriffs, the county sheriff of America's last hope, standing up like Sheriff Walk is doing right now. And then the power 
comes from we the people backing that right action uh, constitutionally. That's how the founders envisioned it. Good, honest, moral people standing up for truth together, peacefully restoring the republic by insisting uh, on the checks and balances that made America great. Sheriff Walk, you get the last word, sir. Well, I just appreciate the opportunity to spread the word on this. And, you know, every honest, law-abiding gun owner out there should be attuned to this subject because it's, it's, uh, it has very overreaching implications if we ignore things like this. I mean, uh, I, I look at people who live out in the rural areas who don't have access to the Internet as, as good as most do, and uh, there, there's people that aren't even going to have an idea that this rule change went into effect. And you could soon see that... Uh, we're all going to get labeled felons. That's that's concerning for everybody. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to to extend this message out. And uh, how many sheriffs? Luck. How many sheriffs are in are in Wisconsin? Do you know offhand? Seventy-two. All right. We need to start reaching out to all seventy-one sheriffs uh, and see if they're like-minded with Sheriff Walk. Because the more that's one of the great things about Illinois so far is we've got a ninety sheriff pushback. There's only a hundred and two sheriffs in that great state. So we really need to now say, all right, out of the 72, how many are willing to stand uh, boldly, nobly, independently uh, and uh, interpose as Sheriff Walk is doing? That's what Mac did in the day when he was sheriff that stopped the Brady Bill. That's what uh, he's been doing at the CSPOA ever since. So we want Americans to join the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers uh, Association, and then we will do all that we can to support you and your heirs. Or, I'm sorry, in your efforts, uh, Sheriff Walk. We're grateful for you. God bless you, Sheriff. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Wonderful job by Sheriff Walk, uh, Richard Mack. Uh, you get the uh, 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 closing statement really quick, 20 seconds. Well, it, it proves that what we've been doing uh, is on the right track because he's doing it just because it's the right thing to do. Uh, not because of us. And we're grateful for all the sheriffs that have done that across the country. And we want to use the CSPOA to back him 100%. CSPOA.org. Dr. Scott Bradley, thank you so much for joining us and and putting a constitutional focus on things as well. Uh, Sheriff Mack's website, CSPOA.org. Dr. Scott Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. My website, libertyroundtable.com. Our nationally syndicated radio network, LovingLiberty.net. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.